Welcome back, you Bloker Jokers, to the 13th installment of the Bloker Joker podcast, brought to you by Pub Sports Radio. My name is Cody Gelhausen. Find me on Twitter, at Squids Picks, and it feels so good to say week after week, to my right is Matt Lawrence at 1991 Handicapper. Matt, how you doing this week? How can I be any better? I mean, we're getting ready to break down match day 10 of the Premiership. I mean, we're up over 25 units of profit thus far this season for all our listeners. And, you know, I'm just excited. It's always fun. Fair play. And you know what? As he says, up 25 units of profit. Folks, it's fall season. Halloween's upon us. But as the leaves may change, our picks and profit do not. And with that, we're going to jump in really quick and handicap or recap, I should say, our Champions League plays. Matt, do you want to go ahead and take this off? What, how'd you yeah, do this week? Yeah, no, I, I went four and two in the Champions League this week. I had some uh, nice caches here. I had Liverpool, Manchester City, and Juventus in a three team parlay at minus 120. I was sweating it. I have to say for a second on oh, Juventus, okay. yeah. that was I, that looked dead in the water, and then Dabala <laughs> just absolutely caught fire. I had Liverpool minus one point five right when I saw the lineups with Oxlade Chamberlain and Naby Keita in that lineup with the famous front three of Bobby Firmino, Mo Salah, and Sadio Mane. I was all over that one, and I was on the under two point five goals in Lil Valencia. And that was minus Mike. 140, and I was on Inter plus 120 against Dortmund. Folks, when you see a back three of Godin, Scrinier, and DeFry for Inter Milan, I recommend getting on because they're not going to concede goals nope. at all. Nope. And they didn't. They kept a clean sheet. I almost considered Inter win to nil there. But, uh, I mean, Dortmund have a lot of attacking fire. So I, I kind of stayed away, but I took Inter on the money line plus one twenty. I lost my first banker of the year. I'm six and one wow. thus far on bankers in in our first two months here, and uh, I had Salzburg at a draw no bet situation against Napoli. They're a really good home side, a lot of young talent there at Salzburg, you know. But they just they they would uh, they they scored early. VAR got involved, took it away. Um, Napoli scored to make it 1-0, Salzburg equalized, then Napoli scored again, Salzburg equalized, and then um, 30 seconds later, Napoli scored once more. It was right off the kickoff. Like they say in soccer, you're most vulnerable right after you score, and that was um, that held to be true. You Much know, to my delight. Yeah. Much to my delight. Because yeah. me and Matt really were at odds in this uh, – the match day of the Champions League. Um, like Matt said, he cashed on the under two and a half goals in Lille and Valencia. I lost. That was my play. Both teams to score in over two and a half goals. And I said it, if you look at my YouTube video, I said it last night. I would bet that again tomorrow. I, I thought I got a rough deal out of that. Matt disagrees. We've been over this. We've been over this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we looked yeah. at we looked at the highlights. Yeah, it was zeros all the way until the 70th. It was a it was, cold the, under. If the XG suggested it should have went over, but I digress. Yeah. And uh, But I got my end of it with the Napoli and Salzburg match. I took the squid special. It cashed. Salzburg equalized at 2-2. Napoli went right back and got their goal. So, hey, we broke a little even. Um, I cashed my Champions League this weekend. I took – let me recap. I took Atletico and Bayern Leverkusen under two and a half goals. That was stone cold. That, was, that should have been cold. a bubble, bubble, bubble. It banker. should have been a banker, but I was – like I said last night on YouTube – God, just watch the YouTube video. <laughs> I was worried about Kai Havertz and really him dragging his team along – I, I, he, I thought he, I think he's the best player on the pitch in that match. Mm-hmm. Like talent wise, I really think he is. Yeah. So that's why I was scared of it. It was just stone cold. No, I, I have to say when I saw the lineups come out in that match and I saw Leverkusen's Kevin Volland, firepower. Yeah. Kevin Volland, Bellarabi. I, I really thought that Leverkusen were going to score in that match. So, but you know. Well, and Jimenez went things. down in like the 30th minute and got subbed off. And I, I was very fucking worried about that. Yeah. But. They held on. It was a stone cold game plan by uh, Diego Simeone, and it was, that was it was a stone cold game really plan was. by Squid's picks. Huh. 
It's not always Simeone. <laughs> it's not always the manager. You know. Sometimes you have to dive into the mind of the handicapper, folks. Yeah. I mean, not just the manager. It was all there. If you and you, you looked at the, it, it, it was all there. The numbers added up, especially when they've matched up in previous years. They've actually played each other quite a bit. Yeah, they have. No, and they've it's always been. Up. Yeah, yeah, they've quite played each other. Yeah. And it's always it's always low scoring games. Yeah, normally, yeah, especially at uh, at home. But hey, we won that one. Um, we also hit the like I said earlier to wrap this Champions League week up. We cashed on the Squid Special, Napoli, Salzburg, Salzburg. In my opinion, the best attacking team in Europe, the best attacking team in Europe. And I have no. I will say that till all year long. Okay. All year long. Well, no, I, I definitely disagree with them being the best attacking team in Europe. But I will say, folks, pay attention to Salzburg totals because I think they're the best over the posted total team in Europe. They ship goals for fun, but they score them as well. And they've got a ton of youngsters there right now that are going to be coveted in the summertime, maybe even in January. These guys are transferring to bigger clubs, guys, and uh, you really team. need to pay attention. They are they are they're a complete feeder club. To Matt, the big they, boys. they've scored forty seven goals in eleven matches in league play. They're yeah, that's in Austria team. though. That's in one of the worst leagues in Europe. Yeah, but they what, they put up three against Liverpool and two against yeah no no, Napoli, no two of the a, better defensive teams in Europe. So they're a better attacking team than Barcelona, and they're a better attacking team than Liverpool. As opposed to total, yes. Are they a better attacking team than Manchester City? <laughs> I, but no, but on, seriously, you know saying, seriously. No, like they, no, no, they're no. going to get two or three goals really, a game. No, they're just, really good. The proof is in the pudding. That, that's what I'm saying. They're a great over team. So if you take them in the next three Champions League matches and you take them over the posted total, I, I think you'll profit. Yeah, I, I, I would trust them to score more goals in any given match, and I would trust most teams in Europe. Yeah, if not any. No, to I be agree. Completely honest with you, but whatever. Um, that's going to wrap up Champions League for us this week. Again, we made profit. Um, yep. We're going to recap our totals for Champions League and Premier League before the weekend kicks off. Speaking of the weekend, God, it feels good to say this. Let's go ahead and dive in. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, yeah. We've got Friday night under the lights at mm-hmm. St. Mary's Park here. Leicester are going to travel in to Southampton. And we've got a very interesting match here. I mean, my gosh, we've got we've got Brendan Rodgers traveling in to a Ralph to a Ralph Hassenhudel, folks. This is a great match. I I, I see a high scoring affair here. It, it's it's really tough for me to gauge. I, I'm most likely going to be passing on a Friday night card. But um, Cody, I know you've got something here for for the fans. Yeah, Matt, on uh, this match, I really, really love both teams to score on over two and a half goals. Matter of fact, it's a banker. The banker is back, folks. Woo! Matt, plus 114 odds. I usually play a banker at minus odds. If I find one at plus odds, I'm going to hop on that like Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Here we go, folks. 18 of 19 at home for Southampton. Both teams have scored. Wham! Here we go again. 14 of 18 for Southampton. It's been over two and a half goals. Slam! Let's carry on with Leicester. Leicester. Oh, so don't do so good. Their defense has been there, allowing this many goals. Fuck off with all that. Leicester away, and 12 of 15, both teams have scored. Leicester conceded one-plus goals in their last 12 away. They are not this elite defensive team. They may be third in the table, but they're 10th in our hearts away from home. We're looking at this play all day. Both teams to score. Banker over two and a half goals plus one fourteen. Leicester have scored two plus in five of the last seven league matches. This thing is adding up everywhere, folks. I saw this play. I had to hop on it. Matt, you know me better than anybody when it comes to betting. I usually do not make plays outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I saw this early and I jumped on it. Yeah. It's a banker. Yeah, Thoughts. no, no. Give, me, I, give it to me raw. I, what I do love you think? It. No, I really love it. And, and for all our listeners out there, you can find the over 2.5 goals in this match at minus 115. Sometimes, uh, you know, some of our listeners might not be able to have that accumulator value of taking both teams to score and the over 2.5. So why not just take the over 2.5 goals here at minus 115? And 
like I, I love this play, Cody. I really, I think you're on the right track here. All of the stats back it up. These they teams, do. These teams love to score goals. I mean, we love Ralph Hussenhudel and how he and Brendan Rodgers has been yeah, revolutionary. They, they, for guys, these are two managers that are all systems go. The green light is upon us, and I love this play. Definitely recommend you to tail. Yep. So uh, on a Friday night, uh, start your weekend off early. And, it, it, and catch it does, it, you know, to be honest with you, on a Friday night, it's not like for you American boys, it's not like an NFL game. I think Friday night under the lights, it doesn't worry me too much. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be a no holds barred match where these te- it's going to be a very open. It's going to be a great match to watch. It will be. James Madison in this Brendan Rogers system is going to have a free flowing role. He's going to dominate this match. Jamie Vardy is going to be positionally all over the place. Yep. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Hopefully everybody tunes in. That's the first match of the weekend. First we, match. We can go ahead and move on. Manchester City are going to host 12th in the table. Ask. Villa at the Etihad. Matt, I took the first one. I'm going to let you take the second one. What do you got? Yeah, no, in this match, it's it's, it's amazing here. I mean, you're seeing Man City at minus three goal favorites, and you're seeing a total here of four. And it's, you know, it's one of those matches that's kind of odd to it me. It is odd. And I think the Aston Villa can nick a goal here. I mean, wh- why not? We've got... We've got Grealish, we've got McGinn, and we've got Wesley mm. versus a Manchester City side that are depleted. You know their back line is um, very injured right now. We've got you know Laporte; he's out for six months. You know they're basically putting midfielders as their defense. And yes, Manchester City will probably have 80 percent possession in this match. But why can't both teams score in this one at minus one hundred four? I mean, this one, I think that Aston Villa can nick one here against the City side. Um, City just gave up a goal early to Atalanta in the Champions League in the midweek. Why can't why can't Villa nick one here? And, and this is one I'm going to be paying attention to. I, I like both teams to score at minus 104. Uh, that's fair. And I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, really jump on that bandwagon. I'm, I'm taking a different angle. Again, it's a lean. I, I'm not a big fan of betting on City in any capacity. So, um, and you said they, you know, the midfielders playing defense. It's not like a, it's not a play on words, folks. They literally play their midfielders in defense. Rodri and Fernandinho were their center half pairing against Atlanta, and Rodri came off in the 35th minute ish, and on came Stones with a big old shiner, black eye. God damn, he could hardly see. And they're going to carry this into a Villa team who has scored away from home in nine of their last 12 matches. So I'm leaning over four goals. Personally, because I think that City are going to win this match like they did against Watford, mm-hmm. five or six oh. Yeah. I think they're going to roll them over. Aston Villa are a newly promoted side who have not seen a team like Manchester City Ever. Ever. No, Ever. And I totally agree with and that. And they get rolled over by championship teams last season, scored three or four goals against them. Yeah. I think they're going to get rolled. I would agree with Matt. I think they're going to nick a goal because their midfield is too good to not nick the ball off at some point in the match and get mm-hmm. forward with Wesley. Wesley is a fantastic goal scorer. I just think that, yeah, they're going to be playing on the counterattack here. <laughs> and if you can get a nice – long ball from Anything. from Grealish or McGinn up to Wesley, and he can do something against, you know, I mean, the likes of Altamendi yeah, or the, the, those type of players. You're right. Their midfield is better than what City's defense is going to be throwing at. Yeah. So it adds up. It does. Sometimes in these kind of matches, folks, I mean, you have to look at Manchester City are literally playing I mean, they're they're not playing. Play a, they're not playing house. a defensive player in this match, no. and it makes them better because they're already they're, getting eighty percent possession. Exactly, and they're, they're being playing more careful with that defensive position. mids at their center backs, and so they're just going to control the ball here all yeah, day. Exactly, and I, I still like to. I would still like to think that Aston Villa can nick one here. So it's a lean for now, but I can definitely see myself getting on this one at uh, both teams to score. 
at a low juice, minus 104. I think it's pretty fair. I think that Villa can get one. It is so. fair. Pep Guardiola will not allow his team to get into a dangerous spot. He's going to have a very good game plan. Yeah. So that's me. Um, next match, um, Brighton's going to host Everton at the Amex. Everton, for me, is an automatic fade away from home. Brighton, I have zero confidence in. I think they're going to be dropping at the end of the year, as they should. I'm going to make it short and sweet because I don't have much here. My lean is a draw plus 205. You look at these two teams. Everton have achieved a draw in three of their last six away. Typically at the Amex, it's a low-scoring affair. So if I'm going to go anywhere, it's a draw. I really don't have much, Matt. Like, I really don't have yeah. much. No, this, so. is a, this is one of those matches you kind of like to just skip over. But it is. I, I, I definitely like your draw play. We're, we're talking about Brighton, who are on a poor run of form. Four wins in their last 27 matches in the Premiership. Four. We're talking about in their last nine home matches in all competitions, they've had a poor record of five defeats of over two-plus goals. But then at the same time, you look at Everton, and they're on a horrific away form right now. And we've talked about this already on the I've podcast. Been on, I've been on the fade Everton away train since week yeah. one. Everton away from home are not someone to back. But I think but, that this but, is, yes, Oh, God. Yes. Don't. Keep, but, keep, keep going. But I think that this might be the time where they kind of find themselves. They're coming off the back of a home win. Again, it was at home against West Ham. I cashed a banker on the under 2.5 goals. It finished at 2-0. Everton got the job done for us. But – Something tells me that Everton in a draw no bet here is not a bad play. Are you like playing this? Are you playing this match? Um, Are you playing this match? I am not playing. Oh, this right thank now. God you're not because no, I'll be no, no, all over you. No, but no, this is one where you follow a 1991 handicapper because if I see the lineup that I like with Everton, I could actually get on. The, I could get on them because four wins in the last 27 matches in the Premiership, folks. Everton aren't going to lose this match. They're on high confidence level. I, I don't see them losing this one, and you can get Everton right now in a draw-no bet at minus 120. I don't see them losing this match. I think at worst-case scenario, you're getting your money back. Thus, they're on my radar this week. I completely disagree with you. And that that's fair. I think if a draw-no bet's going anywhere, I'd be on Brighton. I think Everton are so dreadful away from home. That I would be nowhere near Everton. I know. They're just so bad away. And Brighton, as bad as they have been in the Premiership, they kind of have pieced it together. Kind of have pieced it together. Where, good Lord, it it, it just kind of comes back. I guess, what are you looking for in a lineup? For Everton, where you want to make this play? Like, well, what are you so for? so in this match, because you're gonna get a Wobie. Uh, what do you want? A Wobie and Walcott, and with Moise Keane in the middle, with Sigerson in the back. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what they've been doing. It's, yeah, it doesn't no, work. I, I want Yeri Mina in this lineup, but he's ah, slightly injured. That's right. So they're having some defensive issues right now with injuries at Everton. So if I don't see the defensive lineup on the road that I like, then it's a clear pass. I'm so far away it's from a clear this match. pass. I wouldn't touch it. So I play. need I need to get what I want from their defensive lineup because on the road in the in the English Premiership, it's tough. It's tough all, traveling. It's, it's all like it's Bilbo always. Baggins walking into Mordor. You don't want any part of that shit. <laughs> Come on. What about Frodo Baggins? Frodo. He walked into Mordor, and he came out of it. No, he's Frodo. No. No, no, no. Bilbo <laughs> is Arsenal. Frodo Baggins is fucking. The thing Everton. is, obviously, Squid's picks doesn't know anything about Lord of the Rings because Bilbo Baggins <laughs> never <laughs> stepped into Mordor ever in his life. Yeah, you're right. I didn't watch it. I didn't get that far. I fell asleep before he got the fucking Mordor. Oh, well, that's. Damn, get fuck off. Oh, my God. All right, folks. Fucking Brighton Everton. Whatever. All right, we're going to move into the next match. This is an intriguing, just like the last one, I think this mm-hmm. is an intriguing matchup. Watford, bottom table, searching desperately, desperately for their first win of the year. Am I right here by saying, like, yeah. kind of like searching like fucking 
Bilbo for Mordor? I Is mean, that wrong? Yeah, searching for the ring. For the ring. Oh, there we go. There you are. They're searching for the ring like freaking yeah. Bilbo. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. I'm going to take this lead. So, in this match, I 100%, 100% think that Watford is not winning this match. I think you're going to go the other way with the other way here, Matt, but um, I'm leaning and I'm leaning really, really hard on this one. I love a squid special and I love it. You know, both teams to score and Bournemouth to get the result is at plus four twenty. Just crazy odds. It's like that is, that is crazy odds. Bournemouth, a team that is 10th in the table. Wadford, that is 20th. It's going to be an open match. I think Eddie Howe is going to get the Cherries back on track against Wadford. They haven't been very good over the past three weeks, which is why we're seeing these odds where they are. But I really think that you have Callum Wilson, Harry Wilson, Josh King leading this line, and they're going to get it done. Um, I didn't like the over here. I, I, I thought it was too much, too much. I, I think – I just wonder about it. So, yeah, no, I've, I'm leaning on that. I'm leaning on the squid yeah. special. Plus 420 is madness. Yeah. I'm not waiting for lineups either. I'm just off this. But yeah. I lean so strongly on this, maybe mm-hmm. for a half unit. What do you think about that? With Bournemouth's fire, you know, attacking lineup that they do possess, I, I love the both teams to score in the over 2.5 in this match. Um, I guess I, I shouldn't say love, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I think that this finds a way over the posted total, um, but, uh, but, but I can't. I, I can't going. back it. I can't back it because I don't trust Watford at home. I for some something tells me that Watford get their first result here. They've started to play a little bit better. Defensively, I mean, they're much better. Let's think about it. Watford played Tottenham on the road. They played pretty well. Much, yeah, they, I agree. They deserved three points there, and they only got one. Wadford came back against, against Arsenal, and now they're getting they Bournemouth at home. And something tells me at plus 120 here that Wadford might be the play. I would but, never but, take but, the but, 20th but, team in the league. For, uh, keep, I know. I know. Why, why would you? Why, why would you take that's Wadford why you're not that's why you're not at home? It's, and it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a flat-out lean. I, I like both teams to score in the over 2.5 here. You can find it at minus 120. And I also lean – I lean with Wadford, but but I, I really I just could never get behind it, and I would never recommend anyone betting that. So, but we talked about it earlier tonight before we started the pod. Bournemouth own they own this they matchup. own this matchup. I think Eddie Howe really knows what he's doing against Wadford, and Wadford goes back to the old manager. Eddie Howe was very successful against them. There's a lot there to back up a Bournemouth, and I, in my opinion, I see it. I see. I'm not. I wouldn't bet it again, folks, or else I'd be laying it down. I see a three-one Bournemouth winner. Okay, so so here, let's just dive into this match real quick. Yeah, five of the last six Bournemouth Wadford matches have been both teams to score in the over two point five. We're talking about. 3-3 Bournemouth-Watford in February. 4-0 Bournemouth last June, which doesn't make any sense. No, no, no it's October no, 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 no. 6th. That's October yeah, 6th. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. October 6th, yeah. Then 2-2 March in March. And then the one outlier of 2-0 Watford in, what is that, um, September of, of 2019 or of 2017. Yeah, and the thing is, if you look at the two matches that are at Vicarage Road, it's Bournemouth 4-0 and Bournemouth 2-2. Yeah. So, and I think this Bournemouth attack is, honestly, God, better than it's ever been. And I think this Wadford defense this is, match is the worst. You know what? Go this ahead, follow me on Twitter goals. because I might just lay a half unit on this. Yeah, point. no. The, I'm so sick of people laying on Watford. I think yeah. Watford is so fucking dire that they're not capturing any points here. Let me just let me go ahead and come on, ideas. We're gonna we're gonna simmer on this one. I'm gonna simmer. Yeah, no, no, because we're doing this. This is a heated match. Listen, we haven't talked about this match for a long time. Yeah, so we always want to talk to our listeners that we're doing this on Thursday night. You know, the lineups make an impact, and but we know I know five of the last six matches in this 
fixture, five of the last six have seen over 3.5 goals. Oh, it's going over. There's no doubt it's going this over. This doesn't, th- yeah. It's a, it's a matter of fact of who's going to win it. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a matter yeah. of fact of who's going to win and it. And that's what we want to also say to our listeners is that this week in the premiership is a difficult one to pick who's going to win exactly. and who's going to lose. But we like the totals in these. In exactly. This and I told him, Matt came to me, what, a couple of Yesterday, two days ago. Yeah. And like you said, you're struggling with who's going to win. I'm a guy who likes to bet over-unders, and I love what I'm seeing out of the card. Yeah. This one is such a pain in the ass to figure out who's going to win. Yeah. But I'm never going to back a bottom-table team against a 10-place team. Exactly. So that's like Just I'm food for thought. Five God. of the last six matches between these two have featured over 3.5 goals. Madness. So Madness. why can't we see another over here? All right. Well, speaking of plays that we're flip-flopping and waffling on, we're going to move on to – God, I, I just want to go ahead and say like it's probably like your second favorite team in the Premier League. Hmm. West Ham hosting my Blades who fucked Arsenal up, which we'll talk about later. I'm not going to get into the Arsenal thing. We'll talk about it later. West Ham at the Olympic Stadium hosting Sheffield United. I'm going to take the reins here. Take it. I love the Blades, boys and girls. I love the Blades. I think that Chris Wilder is behind old boy Roy Hodgson for manager of the year so far at the premiership. He takes his team, organizes as good as you can get, British to the core, and works his way to a point to three points every single week. So in this match, West Ham at home, I have a play here. It's under two and a half goals, damn near at even odds at minus 102. West Ham have only allowed two goals at home combined in the last three matches since they got absolutely crumbled by Manchester City, but who doesn't? Sheffield United, and this is where I'm really, really, really feeling it. Sheffield United, in their last six matches in all competitions, there has been under two and a half goals. And I talked about this with Matt. Um, what was it, two weeks ago they played Liverpool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, after they, three weeks ago. After yeah, was, yeah, before the international. So break. what Chris Wilder does with his men, when he goes away from home, you have to think about this, folks. It's a newly promoted side. A newly promoted side is looking at one thing and one thing only away from home. Scrap out a point. It's a point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anybody better in the premiership at doing this than Chris Wilder. He's going to go into the Olympic Stadium and shell 10 men behind the ball and hope to counterattack for maybe, maybe three points. Just if he can get it. But I guarantee you this. If he allows anything in his net, it'll be one goal. It will not be two. It will not be three. He maybe will allow one goal. He is so compact defensively, and it's such a different look than you've ever seen before with his three at the back and the inverted inverted center halves moving all around the pitch. Uh, A manager to see that for the first time does not know how to deal with it. I'm sorry. I saw it last week with Arsenal. They do not know what to do. This thing is going under two and a half goals. Just go ahead and lock it in. Just please, God, lock it in because it is happening. Matt, your West Ham boys. Mm-hmm. It's not Sebastian. I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, call me Sebastian Haller. Oh, I'm not going to call you Sebastian Haller. No, that's the thing, though, is I, I, I only like him on this West Ham. Team. Exactly. Yeah. The midfield, but, the midfield isn't good enough. Yes, yeah, no. Go I, ahead. I love, I love the striker of West Ham. I've made that very clear over the podcast. If you take him at an anytime goal score bet, I mean, it's it's worth it because he's fantastic. He was fantastic last year in Germany for Frankfurt, and he's been really good for West Ham as well thus far in 2019. Guys, I mean, th- this one, uh, I would be piggybacking off Squid's picks here because, mm. because Sheffield haven't lost in 18 of their last 19 away matches. That's not in the Premiership, uh, but it's also including the championship. Which is, which is a goal-scoring league. Which is just giving them confidence in a sense. It's showing that they can go on the road in England and get a result. 
And and I and I, I'm taking Cody's play because I do think that there's going to be 10 men behind the ball here for West Ham. Can West Ham break them down? As long as we don't see an early goal Facts. by anyone, Facts. I mean, in Sheffield or West Ham, we're going to probably cash this ticket. So as long as you don't see a goal in the first 30 minutes by West Ham, this should be a cash. Spot on. Because so, you can't see Mark Noble, Fornals, and who – I don't know the third midfielder. Yeah. First of all, a holding midfielder. Uh, They're not going to break them down. Yeah. No, it's Rice. Uh, ah, Declan. Declan Rice, Holy who's one of the most overrated players right now. Absolutely. Yeah, Declan Rice. He's supposedly worth about 60 to 70 million pounds. Uh-uh. He's, I wouldn't know. pay 60 to 7 million ounces for him. <laughs> I wouldn't pay 60 to 70 dollars for this lad. I really wouldn't. I mean, he's, he's not there yet. So in this match, I, I could only lean with Cody here. It's not a play for me. I can definitely see West Ham getting a result at home because they are very I agree. at home. I agree, but not two, but, not three. But games. West Ham have won just one of their last six matches in all competitions. And so for that, it keeps me off it, and it's a pass. Fair play. Thanks for backing me. It's nice to be on the same page again. Yeah. Oh, God, it's nice. Yeah. All right, folks. Next match, we're going to go ahead and move on to Burnley at Turf Moor hosting Chelsea, who are – red hot so in this match i'm gonna go ahead and lead things off here i do have a play and it's a play that has been so profitable all year long especially over the past few weeks that it's going to be the squid special both teams to score and the chelsea result in this one plus 220 i love this match guys if you look at the numbers here, Chelsea in their last eight Premier League matches, six of those both teams have scored. Chelsea have scored one plus in their last 11 matches against Burnley in all competitions. They've won at both halftime and full time in four of the last five away against Burnley. And you got to take a look and step back at Chelsea here. Of their last seven Premier League games, Chelsea have scored two plus on Five occasions. And the only match with Burnley did not score this year was the romping against Liverpool where they lost 3-0. They're a very good team at scoring their goals at home, but I don't think they're good enough to contain Chelsea here. Matt, what do you think about the squid special? Yeah, no, I, I like it. I mean, you're undefeated on it thus far. And, I mean, Chelsea right now are flying. I mean, they're absolutely flying. They've won six straight competitions um, or six straight wins in all competitions, I should say. And um, But I have some concerns here in this match. Chelsea have conceded 28 goals in their last 13 Premier League matches. I mean, that's an issue. It's a lot of goals. Um, they have Rudiger. Is Rudiger going to feature, though, this week? I That'll wait to be seen. Yeah, that's, that's it. We'll, we'll find out. But But – you know, I kind of lean Burnley here at a half a goal. I, I love Sean Dyche. I've made that very clear. I think he's a very competent manager. And I think he's a wanker. Yeah, you do? Sean yes. Dyche? He's just pissed. Go, go, yeah. go for it. No, I think that, um, I mean, right now, folks, Chelsea are second in expected goals in the Premier League, even in front of Liverpool. That's crazy. They're creating crazy. chances. They've got a great attacking flair. But they don't have like an N'Golo Conte right now in the middle of the park to you know stop those counterattacks. We're going to see some long balls. Burnley are going to test Chelsea, and they're going to give them everything they got here at Turf Moor. And so for that reason, I lean Burnley plus a half goal um, right now, and yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I see where you're at, but and just to close this matchup, I think Chelsea actually will do better defensively against a team like. Burnley, who played those long balls, then against a team like you saw the first week this year, United, who can control possession. I think that's where Chelsea struggle is when they lose their grip on the match. When they have their grip on the match, I think that's when they dominate, as proved over the last few weeks as they've scored so many goals away, especially the Wolves. Um, but hey, we're going to move on. I'm going to have another play here, folks, and it's – 
at St. James Park, Newcastle, 18th in the table, hosting Wolves 13th, who are surging forward in the table. Mm-hmm. They were dreadful. I, I, we recapped three, four weeks ago, and they were, what, just next to Watford? Yep. Bottom table. They're doing a pretty good job, but I love to hop on a team, especially like Wolves, who are new to Europe and just recently played in European competition. So in this match, I'm on the under two goals, folks. Not two and a half, two goals under minus 103. Wolves tend to play to their opposition. And I think Newcastle is going to drag them down. Newcastle is going to sit in this shell of defense at home and try to gain their point Um, in all competitions at St. James this year. Over two goals has not been seen, and there's nothing to suggest that Wolves are going to topple that. Wolves have won just two of their last 11 away. Again, suggest they played down to competition. Under two and a half goals have been scored in nine of the last 11 for Wolves. Everything's pointing, in my opinion, to this thing going under. I almost want to bank this one. I feel too confident in the Leicester-Southampton match to do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this one. Um, of the last eight matches in all competitions, Newcastle have seen six under two and a half. Uh, I'm interested to see what you think about this one, Matt. Yeah, no, under 2.5 goals in nine of the last 11 for Wolves. I mean, so – I love your angle here. If two goals are scored, you get your I'm money back. Okay. I'm getting my money back. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I'm at here in a different angle. I like Wolves at a draw no bet, at a pick them right here, minus 130, because Wolves are unbeaten in seven of their last eight away matches. They're playing Newcastle. I know that they do step down to competition, which we don't like to see. But I love um, Nuno Santos there at, mm-hmm. at Wolves. He's a fantastic manager. They're coming off of the back of a nice Europa League match today that they just played. They were down 1-0. Yeah, I can't believe they and, scraped and, that one out. Yeah, they two came one. back 2-1. And I think that they might ride that high here into St. James Park. And I can see them winning this game. And the thing is, I don't see them losing this match so if it's a draw we get our money back um i I like wolves here and that's where just to close this one out again folks we've talked about the wolves high after europe after i think the first three or four weeks Mm -hmm. and they didn't capitalize on that high at all yeah they actually floundered yeah and that's why i'm looking at this i think personally to go against you I would have more faith in Newcastle in a 1-0 win mm-hmm. than I'd have in Wolves. Yeah. No, so I can see that. that's why I'm on this. I, 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 I think this is a stone-cold under. At halftime, I would be willing to wager as well that this thing is at zeros. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a 0-0 draw. Both teams hit their point. They move on to next week. So as they're moving on to next week, we're going to move on to my boys, Arsenal. Should we touch on this now or at the end, Matt? No, we're going to get to it right now. My bloker joker <sighs> of the week is Nicholas Pepe. And it would have sounded a lot better if he didn't score two fantastic free kick goals today against God knows who in the Europa League. They were down 2-1. Cody, can you even name the team who they played today in the Europa League? Well, after about – Five whiskeys, no, but I know they're fourth in the fucking Portuguese league. So I'm going to go ahead. V, v, Victoria, v, v something. So, Jeez, fuck off. Well, well, you put well, me on the spot. You're an asshole. Exactly. You asshole. We're going to get right down to it. Nicolas Pepe cost 80 million euros this past summer. He had 22 goals last year in the shit French league. And guess what, folks? 20, Victoria. 21 of those goals out of 22 were scored with his left foot this guy has no right peg whatsoever he's a one-footed player and i've heard from some of my arsenal friends this week that they're trying to compare him to robin arjun robin 
get the fuck out of here. This guy is no Robin and he'll never be. And I'm concerned with this guy. The eye test is telling me everything. I disagree. He's a great dribbler, but where is the, where's the final ball? Where is the finishing product from this guy? He has not scored a goal thus far. We're about a quarter of the way through. So maybe I'm being a little bit brutal on the lad, but we are a quarter of the way through the premiership and he has not scored an open goal, uh, a goal from open play. I should say he was gifted a, uh, penalty all bombing was like what's up bro like i know you haven't scored yet here take this penalty he scored it and then he had two free kick goals today against victoria sc fourth place in the portuguese league in the europa league above sporting bloker joker of the week bloker joker of the first eight weeks arsenal that's for so paying stupid 80 I'm, million pounds folks folks i'm gonna come off this guy is half the player that salah and Mane are. Please, please. Half the fun. all right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and cut this off here. I'm I was staring daggers <laughs> into Matt's eyes while he was talking here, folks. I'm gonna start off by saying Nicholas Pepe has played nine matches in the Premiership this year. He started five. He's got two assists and a goal just in the Premiership. Okay. As far as your friend says against Aaron Robin, they're idiots. Yeah. Uh, about that, I'm not saying they're idiot people, but. I think he leans more of a Mesut Ozil as a, a creative player than he is a goal scorer. Yeah. Like you said, how many assists did he have last year in, in France? Yeah, he had like 12. 12 assists and 20-odd goals. Yeah. He he thrives in getting the ball in open space, beating his man, and playing the final ball. A final mm-hmm. ball is not just scoring goals, my friends. Yeah. It is finding the open man, which yep. he does very well. If you're going to compare him – and to Salah and Mane, like that's not even fair. Salah at Chelsea was a flop, and Mane at, at Southampton was not as good as he is now. Don't okay. do that. I guess all I want. And to if do you're going to compare a Liverpool player when they come in the league, look at Fabinho last year. He took a half season to even be useful. Well, they didn't start him because he was oh, adapting. when he did, he, was he wasn't good. He was adapting. Oh, it wasn't that he wasn't good. so is this. The French league is a farmer's league. Pull out your tractors, folks. It is pretty easy to get by in that league. Oh, let's yep. be honest, yeah. especially with a team like Leo who counters attack. Mm-hmm. He's in a different system. I think Unai Emery does him no justice. Nicolas Pepe picks up the ball behind the halfway line a lot of times. Mm-hmm. That's not where he thrives. He thrives yeah. getting the ball in his final third. Yep. And that's my bloker joker of the week is Unai Emery. I think he deserves to be sack-lunched. Wow. Absolutely sack-lunched. I am so sick of Unai Emery. I'm sick of what he does. He has no concrete game plan. He has nothing going for him. It's about time. He's lucky that Aubameyang, Lacazette, and so forth can do as he have dragged him across the finish line this Bring year. back Wenger should be hanging around. No, 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 no. He is doing worse than Wenger is defensively. He's worse with, and I would argue, So who would players. you appoint uh, the next manager role? It's uh, who's bring open? back Wanger. No, it's not bring, bring back Wanger. It's, Wanger. it's it, you got to pull forth a manager who is going to be a little more forward thinking and just impose a game plan, in my opinion. Just impose something. Don't just change your game plan each week. But we're focusing on Pepe here. Yeah. Nicholas Pepe, if Loker you watch Joker. him, no, not a Joker. He's an absolute wizard on the ball, in my opinion. He's, he's he really good at one on one take on. Against Sheffield United, he was our best player on Monday. He was our best player, no doubt. Unai Emery took him off in the 70th minute. Mistake. Mistake taking him off the pitch. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. He's one pegged. He's only got a left foot. So was Robin Van Persie, and so was Aaron Robin. <laughs> so, I, let's be I guess this, is kind of, this kind of relates back to Monday night under the lights at Sheffield, and he missed Badness. that absolute Badness. Badness. sitter, and that cost my bet. So. That's why he is the main blocker. And I get it. I get it. But you cannot judge a player off of nine matches where he only started five. That's yeah, I'm being fair. super critical. But you're an Arsenal fan. I've got to. I've got to blow but, some smoke. I just don't get how people can sit here and trash Pepe when you can look and see his talent is evident, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It is evident yeah. the way he takes the ball on, the way he beats defenders, his pace is starting to get to fitness. He is everything you want. If he can link up with a – this is the most crucial part of my entire mm-hmm. argument. 
Give him an attacking midfielder that can link the ball from back to front and get him the ball in his best position. Isn't that Ceballos? No. Who is it then? Danny Ceballos is a ball-chasing midfielder. He is not a midfield player who can sit in the middle of the park. He chases the ball around. You know who is a player? in God, I know, I know. I know it's not going to work, and maybe it will. Mesut Ozil. He's on his way out in January, folks. He has to be. I think Unai Emery is going to be out before Ozil, and the next manager that takes over is going to put Ozil in. Oh, that is not happening. I – this is me. Ozil is out before Emery. Was I would bet any amount of money that that does not happen. All right, let's take it right now. Mesut Ozil will be there until 2021. You and I, Emery, will not be. Let's we cannot see. afford to cut him, and he will not cut his wages. All right. Mesut Ozil will be there, and another manager steps in, he will be playing him. Folks, we're about to shake hands here on a plus 100 wager for both sides. No juice. What's the bet? I say that Ozil is out before Emery. Bet right now. How much? 100 bucks. In. Shook. Woo! No chance. Ozil is leaving the Emirates you before Unai Emery. Zero chance of that happening, folks. Zero chance. Unai Emery is going to go out. Ozil will step in. Will it work? I don't know. But if you can get these attacking players, there's such a disconnect in Arsenal's offense between the midfield and the attack. You need a manager who's going to play their players in and just be on the front foot. Yeah. But I'm sick of talking about this. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sick of talking about this. Let's get into the match itself. Arsenal. Oh, God. Hosting Crystal Palace and old boy Roy here, who have been very successful thus far in, on the road. Oh, I God. Mean, oh, God. This match, road. I think I've old boy Roy is twice the manager of Unai Emery. Wow. To be completely honest. Would you like he said, old boy Roy to replace Unai? Ew, no. He's a different manager. No. Yeah. Old boy Roy is a. Bottom table manager. Oh, God, no. But I think that old boy Roy has had two weeks to think about his game plan against Arsenal. He's one of the best, if not the best, manager going away in the premiership. He will have his game plan, and Arsenal is going to struggle. Arsenal may just win because my lean, actually, is Arsenal to win in under four and a half goals. This is a traditional matchup of a low-scoring match. Mm Mm-hmm. Palace went into Arsenal last year in May and knocked us out of their top four spot. Oh boy, Roy did that as well. Yep. Um, God, I, I I have really really low hopes for Arsenal this weekend. I'm honestly really worried about it. If I had to sit here and pick something to happen, I think it'd be a draw. And and I'm going to say this too, as as well as our bet. I think if Unai Emery drops points against. Palace and Wolves because we have Wolves next week. Unai Emery has a sack when um, December rolls around. The sack, I would bet. Yeah, because I think I think Ozil is getting shipped on January one. So impossible. Nobody will take this wage. nobody will take that wage. Yeah, nobody in the world. Well, Arsenal are gonna have to pay for some of that. They will not pay for it. They'll just eat it for the song. Anyways, yeah, no. In this match. I think that Palace on the handicap is worth a look at plus, you know, one one 1.25. Um, I, I see this being like a one-goal match. I think Zaha will, will kind of terrorize. And, and it's one of those matches, guys, I can't. I did it last week, and I, I went against my word. I said that I would wait until I saw the Arsenal lineup. I didn't, and it backfired. I have to see Bellerin. I have to see Tierney. I have to see Holding. And if I see those players, then that's when it becomes a consideration here. But until then, it's a full pass. Neither of them will play. Yeah. There's no way they're going to roll Tierney out after playing today. Zero chance. Bellerin's not fit enough. You're fool's gold right now. You're going to see Maitland-Niles. That's a Kalasinac with the David Luiz and a Socrates. And it's going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be fucking disappointed again come Monday. I hate my life, folks. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so sick of Arsenal. Like I'm, I, I, I've just had enough. It's just been year after year. I'm so fucking. You need to leave London and come up north over to the Liverpool. If you could see Matt's face doing that, I don't want any part of that. I would rather die with Arsenal than fucking go up north. Good God, you could do a lot worse with Liverpool. I mean, you could go to please. Liverpool have been floundering since '89, man. You guys haven't won shit. We just hosted the coveted Champions League trophy. 
And before that. <laughs> I'm talking about in the I'm talking about in the league. Let's get I'm into the boys. League. Let's get into the boys. Let's get into the match of the Go week. Go ahead. Match of the week, five rubber. What do you got? Come on. It's the match of the week. You better the try. last time that these two teams faced was at the coveted Wanda in Spain. At was that Atlantic what it was? Madrid. Yes, it was at the Wanda. And guys, I mean we're talking about a Tottenham side that have lost seven of their last 12 to the big six dating back to 1718. Poach has not been able to step up in this fixture or any fixtures really there in the big six. But at the same time, Liverpool have only kept two clean sheets in all competitions thus far this season. So in this match, I, I really like the both teams to score. And the over 2.5 goals, you can find that at minus 115. And um, I, I really like also both teams to score. I think that Liverpool get the job done here. That would be a squid special. Mm. Um, I, I see, I mean, even over 3.5 goals at a plus price. Liverpool are going to dominate possession here. I think that starting Harry Kane in this match would be a big mistake from Poach. I think they need to be playing Why? on the counterattack, and I would have the front two of Sohn and Lucas in a sense of a, of a counterattacking side here. And I know Stack that, the back? Yes. Like I would it's Sissoko and like just stack the I, back? Yes. I would stack it as a back five with Vertonghen, Alderweil, Sanchez. I mean, yeah. If it, it, think about it. I mean, if you're Tottenham here and you can go grab a point at Anfield, you can't tell me right now that you would not take that. But if so, you don't start Harry Kane, you, should, you deserve to be like, Yeah, no, I mean, Harry Kane is obviously the best goal scorer. But in this kind of matchup, that's why I like Liverpool because Kane doesn't play as well on the counterattack. I disagree. He doesn't. He, he really doesn't. I, I would be on I think his. he is their best passing player outside of Erickson. Yeah, but, but he doesn't get those kind of uh, passing opportunities, I guess, in a match like this. I think – Here's where I'm coming from. Just on this, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this short. I think that with a team like Liverpool, who are gonna press you so hard and hold that kind of possession, that Harry Kane is a must because Harry Kane, unlike every other striker in Europe, besides Firmino, can drop almost to the midfield line and receive the ball and pass out to a Lucas or to a Son. I think he is crucial to the game plan as far as that goes. He needs, in my opinion, Liverpool. Or Liverpool. Uh, Tottenham needs to turn the ball over, get it to, to Kane in the midfield line, let him drop deep and spray the ball out and let them get forward because Trent Alexander-Arnold is going he, – he, he pushes so far forward that I think Sone can expose him or uh, Lucas can expose him on that side of the field. Here, here's my argument is last week when they played United – what did United do? They ran with a front two of two quick, pacey players of Daniel James and Marcus Rashford. Why not do the same thing with Son and Lucas here? It makes a ton of sense. They're going to be sitting back, and they're going to want to play on the counterattack. Why not play with your speedsters over a, a person that's slow and leggy like Kane? Just because I think you need the goal-scoring ability, and plus I think the fullbacks of Liverpool push Farther for I want to make this forward. clear. Kane will be in the starting lineup. Oh God! And I think it's a mistake, in my opinion. I would bring him on. I just like take a step back and like think about saying starting the best striker in Premiership. Like they're saying it's a mistake. That's he's, like stupid. I don't think he's the best striker in the Premiership. I would go with Bobby Firmino. Ah, <laughs> I'm talking no, 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 no. I think no. No, I disagree. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. No chance. That's fine. In my opinion, no chance. A healthy Harry Kane is the best forward in the premiership, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, probably Aguero. I would put over from him. Yeah, I would, I would put Aguero over Kane. So, yeah, <sighs> it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. Wow. Yeah. It's just, You're talking about sitting Harry Kane? Are you out of your fucking mind? Honestly. I seriously, if I was the manager of Tottenham in this match, I would start sewn. And Lucas up top. I really would. What are you going to do? Like put like Erickson as like a false nine and just like play that way? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Or put him back and put Deli Alli in the shove, nine. Oh, God. Deli Alli's terrible. God, he's been horrible. He's starting to pick up some form. He's not picking up form. So. He's picking up form like I'm picking up women. It's, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. It's like this is not there. 
as much as I want it to be there, it's not there. Yeah. So, so oh anyways, my God, both we're, teams so we're, score, the, we're on opposite pages. Both here. teams to score in the over two point five goals though in this match. I think that both, both teams are scoring. Yes, this this should be a thriller. Tottenham should score. Uh, this should not be like the Champions League final where um, you know Liverpool were able to keep them at bay. Tottenham had plenty of chances, by the way, in that final. And I, and I see it's they a should, very they're, similar line. They're better in first. It's half. a very similar line. You're seeing Liverpool right now at minus two hundred, and uh, that, that's at Anfield versus when it was at the Wanda in Spain, it was minus one eighty Liverpool. Very very odd when you think about that. I think it's a lot of the same at the Wanda Metropolitano. I think that you are wrong by saying this is going to be a different match. I think it's going to be a tight match. Um, I think that City or no, sorry, uh, Tottenham are going to build confidence off of that Champions League mid midweek fixture, and they you know they just they scored four against Olympiacos. I so or just Red Star. Sorry. Think in the Premiership they've been so bad. They just I don't I just don't agree. Yeah, honestly, God, I, I just think. And here's how I'm going to recap this match. I think it's going to be very similar to the past three or four meetings between these two sides. It's going to be tight. It's going to be awkward in the midfield. I'm leaning the squid special Liverpool to win plus both teams to score. I think I think it's a two one Liverpool. It's going to be a tight match. Honestly, God, I think Tottenham might squeeze the first goal, and then Liverpool will just come out in dominant possession and get their goals. That's where I'm at. Yep. And let's carry on to the final match of the week. Carry it on, Norwich. Norwich hosting Manchester United. Manchester United right now minus one twenty on the road. They squeezed away a, a win today in the Europa League against Partizan. And I kind of think that they could do it here too. Norwich has a lot of injury concerns. At first glance, this looked like a both teams to score in over 2.5. I can't get on that just because of Norwich's inability to score in the last month and United's inability to score all season. What a bunch of bloker jokers they are. <laughs> But for some reason, after that, after that Liverpool result where they probably should have gotten the full three points at Old Trafford, I think that they might be on a high here. I think United might see a good run here. And I would be on United at minus 120. 12.30 match Sunday at Carriage Road. What do you think here? I hate this match. Yeah. I think this is the worst match of the weekend to handicap, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Norwich 19th in the table, United 14th, United obviously better than their table position mm-hmm. suggests, but I'd be leaning the under three goals and it's a coin flip. I would never folks, if you ever are going to take my lanes for any value, just, mm-hmm. just do, don't touch this one yep. to be honest, because this is a classic tale about the highest scoring team at home versus the lowest scoring team away as far as match totals go. Norwich or Carrow Road, Norwich's home stadium, has not seen a match under four goals all year this year. But Manchester United away has not seen more than two. Yeah. So it's a coin flip. And if I'm ever going to flip a coin, I'm taking defense over offense under three goals minus 137. But God knows this could be a fucking 4 3 affair. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I do not know. I don't either. I just and, and don't. without any Pogba, no, but, I would be all over United if I could see And, and you're right. I think, I think United are not going to like turn this corner where they're going to be this top four team, but they're going to turn a, turn a corner where they're not 14th at the table. Yeah, I think Their they're time gonna, is they'll coming. still hover around the top four and top six. Yeah, so. absolutely. They're not a 14th to 8th league team. They're 8th in the table team. Yep. They are a – Seven to four team, and their time is coming to group. They're going to regress to their mean. Yep, favorably. Yeah. So, shit, man. I, I just want no part of that. Yeah, it'd be it's going to be fun to watch. I it think is. I think Norwich is going to get a lot of chances. But yep, I mean, you can back Norwich. Uh, you know, you, before the match starts at plus a half, doesn't look too. It's bad. just I would never but trust that. I know. I would they're never in trust such that. bad form. They could get whomped. Earlier in the year, I would have been uh, over exactly. It. Right now, it's it's a pass because I think United could easily come out and just dominate, dominate possession. Yeah. So, all right. Well, wrap let's, it up. let's wrap up match day ten of the Bloker Joker podcast. 
Squid, what do you have for the listeners here on, for your plays? All right, my plays, let's go ahead and recap. So we have a banker um, today, Friday. We have Southampton versus Leicester. Both teams to score over two and a half goals, plus 114. Move on down the list. You have West Ham hosting Sheffield United, who beat my boys last weekend. Under two and a half goals, minus 102. The Squid Special is back in action. It's not Calamari, but the Squid is on the table. We have Chelsea beating Burnley, but both teams will score in this one. Plus 220s. Take that juice and stuff your straw in it. And to round it out, folks, Newcastle, 18th on the table, hosting Wolves at 13th. Under two goals, minus 103. Matt, recap you. Folks, you're going to hate me this week. Right now, I am leaning like Fat Joe pretty much all across the board. I don't like a lot of sides here. And, yeah, no, it's really uh, – I, I do like both teams to score in Liverpool, Tottenham, and over 2.5 goals. But right now, I might just keep money in my back pocket. We've got a very profitable start to the year. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it right now treading on the fence. You don't have a play. No, I don't. I don't. Holy shit, boys. Well, follow me on Twitter, boys. Me, Squids Picks on Twitter, Matt1991Handicapper. Thank you, Pub Sports Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Goodbye.